it's about time. I think this is a wonderful development, uh, wonderful because as disturbing as the allegations are, we know that this stuff is happening. And it's, it's just really good to know that they're taking this seriously. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Samantha Sherris, and that was Michael Cunningham, a research fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Asian Studies Center. Michael and I will be discussing the FBI arresting and charging two New York City residents allegedly involved with an illegal overseas police station and the Washington Post reporting on the leaked Pentagon documents and Taiwan. We'll get to my conversation with Michael right after this. I'm Mark Guiney from the Heritage Foundation, and we are very pleased to bring you the next chapter in the Heritage Explains podcast. Over the years, this show has been so loved by so many people, and we want to keep bringing you the insights into policy and current events that you've come to expect here, while updating the show with a new sound, a new format, and some new voices. Most notably, we're excited to upgrade this show from a one-off format, where we bring you different topics each week, to a serialized format, where we craft deep dives into hot-button issues in the form of seasons, series of shows that focus the intellectual weight of the Heritage Foundation on one topic. First up, a six-episode series on the biggest existential threat to our nation right now, the Chinese Communist Party. Check out the new Heritage Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Cunningham, a research fellow in the Asian Studies Center here at the Heritage Foundation, is here with us in the studio. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me again, Sam. Of course. Now, let's just dive right in. The FBI on Monday morning arrested two New York City residents in connection with opening and operating an illegal overseas police station. That's according to a Justice Department press release. They are charged with conspiring to act as agents of the PRC government, as well as obstructing justice by destroying evidence of their communications with the Chinese Ministry of Public Security official. Michael, let's start with your reaction to the arrests and the charges. My reaction to the arrests and the charges is it's about time. Uh, I think this is a wonderful development, uh, wonderful because as disturbing as uh, the allegations are, we know that this stuff is happening. And, and uh, to know that the FBI, based on the, um, the, the release, the FBI had been investigating this since at least sometime last year. Um, and it's, it's just really good to know that, uh, that they're taking this seriously. Yes, absolutely. And when we take a step back and just think about some of the national security concerns surrounding this police station and, you know, we'll obviously hear more and we'll learn more over the next coming weeks. But from your perspective, uh, what do you see as some of the top national security concerns surrounding this case? Yeah, so um, the overseas police stations, um, it's just part of the bigger problem. So these stations, you know, ostensibly they're there to help out Chinese citizens overseas with their various clerical issues that in China they would go to the police station for, which generally should be housed in in an embassy. And so what we see, though, in these police stations is regardless of what they're doing, uh, these are police functions that are being done in an unregistered location. It's a complete disregard of U.S. sovereignty. The other thing I would say about it is they're not just doing these benign clerical 
procedures there. So I'm glad that the FBI really investigated it before uh, going after these people because they documented some of what was going on and how, you know, they, they had direct contact with the Ministry of, of Public Security, the, the National Police Force in China. They were being directed by uh, the Chinese police authorities, and they were literally going after people, dissidents, mm -hmm harassing them, surveilling them. Uh, uh, this is a, a very broad problem that's happening in the U.S. Mm -hmm. These police stations are just one small piece of this problem. Mm -hmm. Much of it is being done virtually from China, but there are nodes in the United States and the other countries mm -hmm. where they do this. And any time you can actually go after one of them and, and investigate it and crack down on it and actually take people into custody. That's, that's a great thing. It's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more where that came from. Uh, we should really be taking it seriously, but, um, but it's, it's, it's a great start, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. It is a great start um, that the FBI was able to investigate, make these arrests, you know, bring these charges. Um, the station, I believe, was closed last fall, but as you were just talking about, you know, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. Do you anticipate that there could be other Chinese, you know, secret police stations throughout the U.S.? Well, we know there are at least two others. Okay. These have been already found by a, um, a, a, um, a human rights uh, organization. Uh, there are probably many more. I mean, the way this worked was it was one, one of the, the defendants— he actually uh, had an office. Um, I don't recall if he owned the entire building, but essentially, you know, he, he had a, a registered business in America that he could house this mm -hmm. operation in. Now, what I hope uh, the FBI is doing is actually understanding from the Chinese uh, American community, the mm -hmm. Chinese immigrant community, uh, where these things are, um, are, are occurring because it's it's not top secret information, you know. This um, th these police stations, because of the clerical type work they're offering as well, um, they they do reach out to the overseas Chinese population, and there are people going there mm -hmm. to process uh, some of their work. And so I, I do imagine we will see more of these coming out. Mm -hmm. But once again, I would emphasize that these are just the tip of the iceberg. A lot more of what's happening is, you know, on uh, university campuses, uh, in uh, just in society, mm -hmm. um, people being surveilled, harassed. Um, we're talking dissidents uh, from China, pro-democracy activists from China, uh, Chinese ethnic minorities who are just being um, essentially, they're in the United States illegally. Mm -hmm. They're physically present in the United States. They, they are subject to all of the rights that are listed in our constitution. And yet, America is not able to secure these rights for them because our sovereignty is being violated. Michael, I'm sure everyone knows the answer to this, but what is the likelihood that the U.S. could just go into China and set up a secret police station? Essentially zero. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, with that said, every country uh, engages in espionage. Every country uh, has um, their their own activities that are illegal in the countries where they operate. I don't know how that works. I don't have inside <laughs> knowledge about that. But, um, you know, every country also has police uh, cooperation. Mm -hmm. and, and there are legitimate channels for U.S.-Chinese police cooperation. There have been inc instances where the U.S. has 
collaborated with China to um, to uh, extradite some of uh, chi you know Chinese um, uh, um, outlaws who were in the United States. Um, in legitimate cases, this type of cooperation can happen. Mm -hmm. This is not a legitimate case. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, to answer your question, what is the likelihood? I mean, when the United States or let's say, I don't know, Canada mm -hmm. arrests a Chinese national in their own borders for committing crimes, uh, China throws a huge fit about mm -hmm. it. And it's supposed to be perfectly fine for them to conduct their police operations in other people's countries. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how anyone can think that that's okay. Well, just speaking of China throwing a fit, they did push back on these claims uh, about the secret police station, uh, you know, saying that China maintains a policy of non-interference in other countries and these alleged police stations do not exist. Your thoughts? Well, I think we have two people in custody who can prove that they do exist. <laughs> Um, you know, China, they did the same thing with the spy balloon. They do, they do it all the time. They will look at you, look you in the eye and say, I am not here. Mm -hmm. um, they will be that blatant. And, and, and there's a reason for that. You know, the, the Chinese Communist Party, they don't believe in truth. Mm -hmm. They only believe in messaging. They think the whole world operates that way. They, they're, they're unable to really comprehend the concept of uh, right and wrong and laws and, and, and whatnot. But they... Um, it's all about messaging for them and uh, laughable to us because mm -hmm. we have those people in custody. But let's remember that we're not necessarily their only um, target audience. Mm -hmm. They have these police uh, operations throughout the world. Um, they, in fact, brag about the operations that, that, that they conduct and about how many uh, alleged outlaws they get repatriated back to mm -hmm. China. But um, these things are happening throughout the world, and they don't want the rest of the world waking up mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to shift topics a little bit. Um, the Washington Post reported over the weekend that Taiwan is unlikely to thwart Chinese military air superiority in a cross-strait conflict, while tactics such as China's use of civilian ships for military purposes have eroded U.S. spy agencies ability to detect a pending invasion. That's according to leaked Pentagon assessments. We've discussed Taiwan on this show before and you know China's aggression toward the island. Are you at all surprised by these assessments? Like, What are your thoughts on that? I'm not surprised by the assessments mm -hmm. because we've been hearing similar things um, in mm -hmm. you know, the past couple years um, and because there's so much focus right now uh, on Taiwan. Now, what I would say is, is I did read the reports about, uh, about these leaked documents. I did not read the leaked documents. Um, but what I saw in the reports um, basically was that the Taiwanese uh, do not believe that they're uh, prepared. Um, uh, for an for a, an attack by by China, mm -hmm. I would say first of all, um, the Chinese also don't believe that they're prepared, and they're not going to make a decision based on a leaked um, mm -hmm. document from the Pentagon. They're going to make uh, a decision based on their own assessments. Uh, they do not believe that they're they're prepared. Um, even if they could they could eke out a victory mm -hmm. over Taiwan, um, it would be we're talking a drawn out war, massive damage, and then they have to deal with their uh, domestic and 
international security challenges mm -hmm. from the countries that basically surround mm -hmm. them that are not necessarily friendly with them. And so they are uh, very risk averse that mm -hmm. way. They are not going to make a move unless they're confident that they can absolutely mm -hmm. and fairly easily win. With that said, these uh, revelations also should be a wake-up call to America because things aren't always going to be that way. Mm -hmm. We have China's military, which is uh, developing very rapidly, and, and we're not following suit. Mm -hmm. We're still stronger than they are, but they're really closing the gap. Um, right now, last, last I checked, I believe, the, the backlog in military deliveries, mm -hmm. uh, stuff that has already been approved, um, for sale to Taiwan mm -hmm. was around uh, the order of $19 billion. Wow. Uh, essentially everything that, that the Trump administration mm -hmm. approved to sell to Taiwan, uh, almost all of that has mm -hmm. not been delivered and we don't know when it will mm -hmm. be. Um, uh, Biden has essentially, you know, the, the administration has made a big fuss about everything they sell to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as numbers go, based on my calculations, it looks like they're on track to sell about as, as much um, about the same value in arms to Taiwan as the George H.W. Bush administration wow. did. So it um, seems like sales to Taiwan also mm -hmm. have fallen off a cliff. And so we really have to take this seriously, our own ability to produce the, the, the ships, aircraft, weapons, ammo, everything that would be needed in a fight mm -hmm. with China, both for ourselves and for the Taiwanese. But we also have to you know, get to the ability where we're able to actually mm -hmm. g deliver to Taiwan the, the um, military equipment that they need to uh, show China that, that an invasion will never be successful. Yeah, definitely. I, I also wanted to just ask a follow-up question with this backlog that I believe we've talked about it before, but what is causing this backlog? Is it from a manufacturing perspective, you know, the, the logistics of getting this equipment to the island? Like what what's causing that back that backlog? Yeah, so this is um, probably a, a more technical question than me as a, as a non-military mm -hmm. man than I can give. But I would say that the backlog... Um, it, it, it existed before the war in Ukraine, mm -hmm. um, and, and it continues to exist now. Um, you know, when it, what it really comes down to is, is back in previous eras, mm -hmm. say, uh, especially World War II, we were able to mass produce mm -hmm. these things, um, whether it's ship, ships, aircraft, um, other conventional weapons. We were mass producing them, sending them off, off to battle. Um, we no longer have that capability. Mm -hmm. uh, supply chains are scattered throughout the world. Many are in China. Um, China does have that capability mm -hmm. increasingly, and so that's really, really scary. But we don't have that right now, and I think that's probably the main thing that we need to focus on so that we're mm -hmm. able to supply Taiwan and supply ourselves and supply Ukraine. We have a yeah. lot of commitments. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's that industrial capacity mm -hmm. that we really need to work on. Absolutely. Michael, just before we go, any final thoughts? I guess my, my final thought might be with regards to the overseas police stations mm -hmm. again. Uh, sorry to switch back oh, again. It's, okay. but, um, it's an important topic. But, um, you know, one thing that I noticed on the Justice Department's uh, release mm -hmm. was they, um, they had, I believe it was, it was the final paragraph, mm -hmm. and, and it 
essentially um, highlighted the fact that the FBI has set up uh, a, a web portal for people to um, to report instances of uh, transnational repression by foreign governments. This is very important. I know that the FBI is starting to try to uh, send the message out, especially to the Chinese community in America, whether they're American citizens, Chinese citizens, or or you know whatever, mm -hmm. um, that they are. There is a high likelihood that they could or someone that they know mm -hmm. could um, be targeted by the Chinese authorities. It's not just China. Other countries mm -hmm. are doing it as well. But China is, is a really big one. And so I would just say, you know, I hope everyone realizes that this website is there mm -hmm. and that they will feel comfortable to report any instance that they're aware of mm -hmm. to the the, to the authorities, to the mm -hmm. FBI, because this is a very important issue. Uh, these are our neighbors, our friends, classmates, mm -hmm. for people who are studying, colleagues that that you know could be targeted by their home governments. And you know we shouldn't be you know uh, profiling people based mm -hmm. on oh, this person's probably targeted because of their ethnicity. But like if we notice something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially if we're being targeted, mm -hmm. um, it's really important. I think it's great that the FBI is starting to do this, and 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 I hope that um, that it can be successful. Yeah, absolutely, Michael Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us today. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you for having me again. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signals Interview Edition. Make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.